We are live, and it is uh, End Times for Dummies, and we are on Lesson 8, Charlie, I believe. That's right. And uh, I think you're up, my friend. Yes, indeed. So we, uh, uh, if I recall correctly, we ended up in Chapter 8 last week spent most of the time talking about the seals. So somebody give me a recap of um, uh, the seals and what we, uh, what we talked about last week. Is it reading the verses? No, just a recap, just the... The seven steps to God's wrath. Seven steps slash signs to God's wrath. Signs of God's wrath? Was there wrath? Yes. Whose was it? God's. So it wouldn't be signs, then would it? Signs Seven. foretell. Signs predict. When you see a sign, you want to of, react to it. Of God's wrath. Hmm. I would say that we had, uh, as a recap, extraordinarily distressing times on the planet. Culminating in the fourth seal being this, what's it, death in, death in Hades following So, bad things. Very bad. Things got very bad, and then things got very quiet. Things got very bad, and then very quiet, right. We, we saw and silence seven. for about right and uh, uh, so that was when the lamb broke the seventh seal silence and a little trumpet handing out ceremony and then an interlude which took the rest of the class mm -hmm. <laughs> that's right that's exactly right it was we we uh, uh, I don't recall that we went that we made it through the trumpets, right? We just yeah, no, we started. Yeah, 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 I don't mm -hmm. even think. So we we, did the first one. we talked we talked through the interludes or through the interlude the the silence, right? And uh, and so I think we ended up like at, at three, right? I, I think you're right. I'm, I'm looking now. I think we may have gone to four. There's <laughs> in five. We start seeing we we see some action start to take place. Actually, I don't, we I don't went, think we, we got, went. I don't think we got even the first one, did we? I thought we ended with chapter eight, verse six. Now the seven angels who had those seven trumpets prepared to blow them. I don't think we even got to the to the first one, did we? Anybody? We didn't. No, didn't. All right. Trumpetless. Well, here we go. There was no toot. We're going to sound off. <laughs> Tootless. <laughs> Well, let's um, let's start let's start at five then because this is uh, this is where the action uh, right, right. really begins. So before there's a, a trumpet sound, something happens first. An angel jumps into action, and what happens there in verse five? Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth, and there were peals of thunder, rumblings. Flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Okay, so some some pretty bad things start to happen. Yeah, some, some pretty dramatic things. Yeah, I don't know start that, to happen. I don't know that I characterize them as bad because yeah. I mean we're reading in uh, in this week's portion in vitro, um, a similar thing is going to happen, right? I mean we're going to see this very thing, mm, and it right. appears to be because God has descended onto the earth on the mountain, and you, and you see this. So mm -hmm. I see this as a, as a, as a big parallel. I was, I was actually going to second-guess Schmedley over there, who said God's wrath had been poured out in the first seven seals. I'm, I don't know if that's true. There certainly was some wrath going on. Seals, yeah, right, agreed. And then in verse 6, we have the, uh, the seven angels who 
who were handed the trumpets are uh, are are ready to uh, are ready to start sounding off when that happens in seven. So somebody give us um, the first trumpet there. The first sounded, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Okay, so we've got some serious action taking place on the earth itself. Who's left on the earth at this point? Who is on the earth at this point? Two-thirds of the earth. Two no, of who's the on the earth? Who is on the earth? You're making these. You're uh, you're looking back to chapter back into chapter seven, mm -hmm. where we saw this. Was it a uh, a multitude that could could not be numbered? Showed up. Right. If we presume that these are what it says, those that have come out of the great tribulation, um, and prior to that, we've read about those who have given their life for the name mm -hmm. of the Lamb and so forth. Then. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would say that left on the planet, and I'm just spitballing, would be non-believers in either God and or God Yeshua. Good. Does that work? Mm-hmm. I think it does. Everybody agree with that? Yeah. All right, so we've got some, uh, some pretty serious action taking place. Hail and fire. Mixed with blood. That's that's weird to me. Where'd the blood come from? Not only where the blood, whose blood is this blood, right? And the word, you know, the word could be blood. It could also be bloodshed. Right. right? So you, what do you see? I see hail and fire and bloodshed. It makes a whole lot more sense to me than hail and fire mixed with blood. Well, how does that work? I don't get that. Well, we've seen the uh, the hail and fire before, right? Yeah. We've seen the hail and fire. We've seen the blood before. I started thinking like, how oh, interesting. Well, in the Nile. Yeah. I just whose blood was that, right? Oh my goodness. I just I thought, how crazy okay. would that be? If oh, he took the you know like you the uh, precipitation sucks up bloody water from the plague of Egypt, right? And wow. it freezes in the air and comes down as hail. That's possibly how you could get. <laughs> Blood mixed with yeah. the ice. I, I, missed the fire. This, I missed the joining of. We're seeing all this. I saw the hail and fire and fire in Egypt, but I, I didn't pick up on the blood. That's wow. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. That is, that's that's also kind of an interesting question for that plague. Whose blood was that? Yeah. I, in it's in both odd, cases. Right in both cases, but yeah, especially back in Egypt. I mean, it showed up in everything, even in the containers where there was water. Mm. Just to continue with the Exodus parallels, the hail and fire could also be the fire and hail that was the... Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Fifth plague? It was the hail and fire plague, yeah. for sure. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what the... Seven. Good job. All right, so then in verse 8, we've got another angel who gets up and... Uh, and does a little horn action. So who's got, who can give us verse 8? The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and, the th and a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living okay. creatures... Oh, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Keep going. A third of the living creatures in the sea, in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. You got a bunch of blood happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Water turning into blood. I've seen that before too. Yeah, exactly. So a great something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. Hmm. You, yeah, you would think that would be some sort of comet asteroid deal, but then it that's a different description in the next trumpet about a star falling. And so that, because I, I, I was wondering that, but then it was like, oh, no, that doesn't actually work. Mm -hmm. Maybe this one came up instead of down. Well, it, 
It had to. Right. Right? Because if it's on the earth, yeah, now you got to throw it over there, it, it didn't slide. Yeah. A, a great mountain slid into the water, and you know, that was it. Yeah. No. So it was going to have to go up to come. Yeah. 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 This was a more violent action, right? Ooh. Thrown into the sea. It's hard to get dirt to burn, though. I've tried. Yeah. Well, it was like a great mountain, so it wasn't a great mountain, but it was like it. Um, and we have, so we've got thirds going on here. A third of the sea becoming blood, a third of the creatures that were in the sea died, and a third of the ships that were destroyed, which is an interesting that it's. Mm -hmm. Which sea is it? Mason's really love this passage. Mm. How's that? Because 33 degrees is the okay. Mason Top shot. Shot. Okay, yeah. Top right. Shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's there's a lot of thirds going on here. Um, third of the earth, third of the trees, but all the grass. Third of living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. You know, it's, to me, you know, when you get to the point where, okay, so we already lost a third of those. Now, if we lose any more, do we count it from the whole minus the third, or the whole with the third, or so now another third, which would be two thirds? Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. It uh -huh. seems an odd way to. A third of two thirds is a half left. Yeah. yeah. Right. So right. that that kind of stuff is like it. Uh, It just seems like a lot. Uh -huh. Either way, I have no idea how many ships there are on the seas, but at any one point in time. But a third of them being gone, it would certainly be a lot. But a third of the sea became blood. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? I mean, is this from you know satellite-wise? About a third of that looks red. Is it? That seems. Is that on the so, surface or in the? Yeah, deep? and if we wait a little bit, will it all look like pink? Yeah. I mean, or is it just? Is it like the Mediterranean? Is it isolated to a, to a body? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't right. know. Right. I, right. I doubt good. that that's a, a third of all the. Yeah. But. Anyway. Okay. okay, I'm stretching here, but the blood be analogy for the color, not so much that's literally blood. Basically, there was an overcast of some sort that reflected blood? Or do you think it's literal blood? I don't know. You tell me about Exodus. Was it really blood? No, it was really blood. And I'd say this would be as, as literal. And I, I think we've already seen where some of these phrases seem to match up almost identically with the Exodus story. Right. So it's almost as if the, you know, John is, or Yeshua, one of the two, is, is trying to make sure we get, you know, this isn't the first time I did this. Right. We, you know, did, yep. were, you, were you here for the first act? Because, you know, we're, we're ready for the epilogue. Yeah. You know? And I think, I, I think there's also uh, an, an indication when, when something is not what it, is, when something is not what it's being described as, then the author goes to an extent it was, to, it was to tell it it was like. Yeah. yeah so it was a, something like a great mountain burning with fire thrown yeah. into the yeah. sea. He doesn't know what it was. But, but the was sea became like, blood. Yeah. So. I, I, the fact that the, that it's specific in those certain instances would tell me that if it's if it's if the word like isn't there, then he must have meant that that's what it was. Um, and so then, all right. So verse ten, we've got trumpet number three going off. What do we have in trump in uh, number three? Third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. I just want to point out that it's uh, waters this time instead of just sea. So that's what and, and, and rivers normally are freshwater, right? <clears throat> and the springs of water are freshwater. So sea is, by definition, salty. So it looks like we're we're hitting all the water, all the different types of water. Mm -hmm. The other distinction that I drew here was that this one seems to affect land mass, whereas the number two seemed to affect 
Oceanic. Yeah. Land mass. Land mass. Because we, uh, because it fell on a third of the rivers. Well, by definition, rivers are, are on, on land. land. Okay. Yeah. I see where you're going here. Okay. It's just, and it, but it didn't affect the land. It only affected the water. And the men on the and the men on the land, because it affected the water. It's also got to be a pretty big start impact every a third of the rivers and springs. Yeah. That that's a that's an interesting point too. Well, actually, it, since it can only hit one side of the planet, we probably could look and see: is there a spot on the planet, ish, where you could wipe out a third of the rivers on the planet hmm. with one hmm. strike on one side of the planet? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you hit the middle of America, would you really wipe out a third of the rivers on the planet? I'm thinking you need someplace like Europe with all those little Europe going, or Middle <coughs> East. Yeah. It also doesn't say that any man died from the storm's impact, or they only died from the waters. Yeah. That's interesting, too. So, you'd have to drop, drop this thing somewhere where you didn't have a lot of people, but it would affect the water. And, you know, now it, it makes me realize that it doesn't need to actually hit all the rivers. It just needs to hit potentially the head of all those rivers. Mm. You can, like the Garden of Eden and hitting one of those Pishon or Pishon yeah, or whatever, whatever it is there. Uh -huh. Oh, that'll wipe out everybody. And and just because it started off as a single entity doesn't mean it cannot fracture as it's coming down from mm -hmm. the impact and mm -hmm. fragment, mm -hmm. fragment into pieces. So this was interesting, obviously, because going back to Exodus, we see that one of the first things that, that the children of Israel encounter on their way out yep. is the waters of Marah, mm -hmm. the bitter waters, mm -hmm. which is, so there's kind of an interesting parallel there, but this was one where my mind jumped to where we were talking about the whole robot thing, where about is the description that John's giving his only way of describing something that's very technologically advanced? Oh, yeah, yeah, Remember yeah, when we were yeah, talking about yeah. that? Because he's never seen it, and he's just he's describing it the way he can. The whole idea of the whole bitter waters and, and the, the bitter waters not just being bitter, but literally killing people, this reminded me a little bit more of like a nuclear attack, right? So you have, it would appear as a great star from heaven, and the radiation would absolutely poison the water, not only taste-wise, but would be lethal. Anyway, so I just, I thought that was just a, that's what I was thinking of when I saw this. I'm glad we're not trying to figure all this stuff out. We're just putting it in sequence, or we would be here for days. <laughs> I, and my 42nd thought about what this could be, is it, <laughs> All right, first, yeah. verse 12, angel number four, with the fourth trumpet, Joshua. So we've got an impact to the uh, to the heavenlies. Did did we get the sign of the Son of Man? Yeah. So I thought the sign of the Son of Man came after we had snuffed all the yeah. lights, and then the Son of Man shows up, and every eye will see him. He's you know kind of lit up, kind of a bright guy, right? Kind of thing. But it must have come back. The lights, yeah. Came back on. <coughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And now... And now they're seriously impacted again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, we've got... I just want to point out, uh, if I could, that um, in the seals, it all appears to be 
mano a mano. We're causing pain, starvation, death, and so on. Not to ourselves, but it is man that's inflicting the problems, presumably from the way these, these four horsemen are described. Whereas in all of these, so far that we've gone through, on the trumpets, they appear to be external. Something seems to be, I would categorize it as hitting, hitting the planet or hitting the creation. Right. We have to include the stars and the sun and so forth. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and this seems to me to be, to be, to be decidedly different than the, than the trumpet stuff. Than the seals. Then, yeah, then yeah. the seals. The uh -huh. trumpets appear to be decidedly different. Right. Because, you know, here we've got uh, the angels taking action to announce something with a trumpet. Mm -hmm. They announce, they make the, the blast of the trumpet to announce something's happening and then something happens, right? Um, angels are uh, agents of God, mm -hmm. right? So we can keep that in mind. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, that back to the to the seals in the same way. There's this rider coming, and with him comes this type of happening, and it it doesn't appear that there's a heavenly impetus, right? It's more of an announcement of, hey, look over there, look at that. Whereas here, to your point, and this happens, mm -hmm. and it, it seems to happen, maybe I'm stretching, but it appears to happen from without, from outside, outside of the not only the earth, but presumably that the heavens, our physical heavens, and it, and it impacts them. Mm -hmm. So there, there appears to be a cause that is Beyond, beyond Earth, it, it, you know, it, external to external. creation. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would say. I mean, it just, just it get the feeling mm -hmm. that I'm getting. Anyway. Okay, then in thirteen, we've got something just a little bit different. Michael, let's use thirteen. Then I looked and I heard an eagle flying in mid heaven, saying with a loud voice, "Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound." All right, so we've had four. We've now just been told that there's going to be three more. <clears throat> and this eagle flying in mid-heaven who makes this announcement is telling us that, or it seems anyway, that these next three are going to be potentially even worse than the first four. Because he's He's saying, boy, look out, those who dwell on the earth. If you, if you thought these first four was bad, wait till you see the next three. So then we move over to chapter 9. And the fifth angel brings the fifth trumpet, which is... And I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke, like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth. They were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm grass of the earth, nor any green tree, green plant, or any tree but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee, them, flee from them. Yep, keep going. In the appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold, 
and their faces were like human faces, their hair like, like women's hairs, and their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails and stings like scorpions, and their power to hurt someone for five months is in their tails. And they have as a king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abdon, and in Greek he is called Apollyon. Yeah, wrap up with 12 there. The first woe has passed. Hine, two woes are still yet to come. <sighs> a whole chapter for just the fifth trumpet. Uh, this is, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. So we've got another hearkening back, right? Micah. I just thought it interesting that in the verse one it says a star from heaven, same thing that they described warmer. They described it as a star falling from heaven. Well, let, let's read that first verse really carefully. And tell me, is this star an object or a person? Well, I think it's a person. How so? If I could just um, what did it say about the star? Which one? The one in verse 9, chapter 9, verse 1. Uh, it says it's a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key of the bottomless pit was given him. Hmm. Did you say falling? Fallen. That's past this. Yeah. So the question Mr. Suturini is getting at is, is the star falling at this point, or had the star fallen at some previous point in history? So would have fallen at a previous point. But you think it's a person and not a star? Or you think it's a star and not a person? Well, it's, it has a personification of him. Yes, it does. So that would be a person. Or personage. Mm -hmm. Who has fallen, presumably, in the past. Star could be a metaphor for an fallen, fallen, fallen angel. Did you but read and what I put in the uh, study guide about C.S. Lewis's deal Yes. What was the bottom line to that? Another human appearance was at the end of the world when the stars were called out of the sky by Father Time. They appeared in a very bright human form. <laughs> I wonder where he got that from. Mm -hmm. well, so would the star called Wormwood actually be a star? C.S. <clears throat> Lewis um, used that name for his uh, angel in training. Have you? Okay. It is classic literature by a fairly strong believer. You might want to put that on your list. So back to your question: the the star that fell from heaven that was called Wormwood. That one's not given any kind of personification, is it? In fact, it was burning like a torch. And it's called it. Mm -hmm. So that would seem to be an object yeah. of some kind. Uh. Uh, but here we've got the, uh, the locusts making their appearance. Isn't this the third time that locusts have appeared in Revolution? Or is it the, just the second? What are the other two? I have to do a search for that, but uh, I believe it was the seals. No. 
check in chapter chapter one. I think when the uh, son of man shows up, he has little scorpions emblazoned on his jacket, just above the little, little, little lapels. No. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe, and with a golden sash around his around his chest. No locusts on the sash, or locusts no. on the lapel. No. Six eight is pestilence. It's locusts. Awesome. It pestilence. Hmm. I was I was messing with you just said. I don't think he had anything on his lapel. <laughs> So these, uh, these locusts in five were, had, had one mission. Torment and kill. To what? Torment and no. kill. No. Not kill. Not kill. Because what's the first part of five say? They have to torment for five months. What's but the no. phrase before that? Or right after. They were not going to kill anyone. Right. So these, these things are stinging the heck out of people to the point where people want to die, but they can't. Now, verse 4 was interesting to me. And I think we, can, we need to use verse 4 to remind us that we may have been just slightly mistaken in our characterization of who's left on the planet at this point. Yeah. So, Good point. Yeah. Who who are they given permission to affect? Those who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Which, which means there must be people yeah. who have the seal of God on their foreheads. Who are those people? Jews. 145,000 Jews. Right. 140 how many? 4,000. Good. 4,000. Good. But I, it's good. I think your characterization, if you're looking at the entire planet's population, and I missed 144,000, <laughs> cut me some slack. <laughs> yeah, that, overwhelmingly. Yeah, no question. But you're you're right uh, that we had uh, we had overlooked those that had been sealed and, and evidently and, for a purpose right. to protect them. We're, yeah, and we'll see, I think we'll see later that they were taken to a special place yeah. of protection. Yeah. So, um, a couple things came to mind here. First mm -hmm. is that, uh, you know, just to help Alex jump in here with both feet, from 7, 9 7 to 9 11, I mean, these guys don't sound like locusts. They sound like soldiers. To Gregory's earlier point, this sounds like some type of war, nuclear or otherwise. Um, they don't sound like, I mean, even if the guy's never seen you know, some big hairy locusts like, you know, Joshua's breeding in your basement without you know, these are locusts. I mean, even if he hadn't seen that many, he's obviously seen locusts before. These were, these locusts were like horses prepared for battle. Has he got a magnifying glass to see all of that? Or right. What? Yeah. I mean, how big are these bad boys? You know? Mm -hmm. So I'm 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 torn between well he didn't say they were like locusts, he said they were locusts, but they're like horses, you know. What? Yeah, so that's the first mm -hmm. thing that came to my mind. Second yep. thing is, now I could have sworn that in eight seven, Micah told us that all the green grass was burned up. And yet, these guys are not allowed to mess with the grass. Is that because the lawn is growing back? It was a third, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. It was all the green grass. All mm -hmm. the green grass was burned up. What about the grass? They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree. Well, what about the ground grass? Hey, Martin so did the grass grow back, or was it one of these, you know, beach-type lawns that all the grass is brown, and, or, you know, you burn it out and it comes back and it looks longer? I mean, it just seems inconsistent there, so. Either a bunch of time has gone by and right. the new grass has grown, right. or why would, why would the grass be 
important unless it has to do with animals. Animals eat grass, especially right. cows. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, absolute speculation. But just, uh, again, grateful that we don't need to figure this out necessarily. Anybody else have any comments through the rest of uh, through 12? The angel is... Which angel? The angel of the bottomless pit is mentioned as a king over the locusts or a ruler or director of some sort. So are you talking about verse 11? Yes. Okay. So they, who is they in verse 11, have as king over them? I believe the locusts. Okay. They have as a king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. So, this in the in the first part of this chapter, this personage was given the description of being a star from heaven that had fallen to the earth, who held the key to a bottomless pit. And then at the end of this section, the angel of the abyss of the abyss is the king over them. And not only is he uh, revealed to be an angel, he has two names. Mm -hmm. I can't get that in both of you. Thanks. What a shocker! Thanks so, <laughs> without engaging in too much speculation, who might this who might this be? Hmm. Not sure. <clears throat> Anybody? You're asking who this king mm -hmm. is? Mm -hmm. Than Kassatan. That that was my thought. Also, yeah. you know, I, I don't think we we can say definitively, but there are the clues that are given would to me would tend to lean toward that conclusion. Mm -hmm. um, where's the bottomless pit? It says that a star uh, had fallen to Earth, and he unlocked the bottomless pit. It doesn't know if he went back up. So it's the bottomless pit there. Is that the... Uh, I don't think that's possible. Yes. I don't care how deep you go. You come out the other end eventually. This has no bottom. So it apparently is beyond... Unless you scrapped the flatter. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, whether you're going this way or that way, you're going to go through the... Um, is it? Up Abaddon or Abaddon uh, and Apollyon are, are, are Greek words that deal with destruction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, would, I, I don't, uh, I wouldn't argue with Hasatan as being that leader or king or whatnot. Um, and of course, this is this is the text from which C.S. Lewis gets his. His, his uh, stuff, and that's the whole idea: is that Satan has minions, and evidently they're under lock and key. Mm -hmm. And at, at this point, he seems, if if this is Asatan, he seems to be turning against the people whose favor he had been currying all along. Because they're the only ones left that can be the target of his uh, his actions. Okay, so we've got one woe down and we've got two to go, says verse 12. Just to highlight what you just said, yeah. um, it reminds me of you know, what Yeshua said, can a kingdom 
divide against itself stand. Oh, wow. It yeah. makes me think it can't be Satan. That it was some created entity that was specifically assigned for this period in time to be unleashed. Even if it was something completely... Why can it not be Satan? Because Satan to... It would be counterproductive for him to attack his own kingdom, his own lackeys, for lack of a better term. Or him. I mean, even if it's only to torment and sting, I just... You're assuming that if someone... You're assuming that members of his kingdom are non-believers, are men. Well, yeah, it says anyone who's not marked by... No, 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 that's who he's, that's who he's, he's being affected. affected yeah. My point is, his kingdom may not have any men in it. His kingdom may be made up of others like himself. The book of Isaiah would lead us to, to believe that as well. Right? So, he's not really fighting against himself. His mission is, presumably, let's say, just from a you know historical perspective, in, in, a, in our, our teachings in, as kids, his, his intention is to delude man and, and make him depraved, not necessarily make them kingdom members. They're, they're in bondage. They're not necessarily uh, because... Um, they're means to in his service. Yeah. Right. Not in his service. Right. Exactly, yeah. They're, they're in bondage to him, but they're not working for him. They're not the members of the kingdom. Just a conduit. Yeah. Okay. So. Sure. Let's grab it then. The, in verse 11, the bottomless, the bottomless pit, mm -hmm. in chapter 20, even though I shouldn't be really skipping ahead, should I? Well, it's, we're going to see the bottomless pit at least five times in Revelation. Okay. So, the one that I was thinking of was in verse, sorry, was in chapter 20, verse 1, and then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and the great chain. So, is, are there two angels? Or well, he's the same keys? guy, right? He's, he's got the keys. Well, I saw an angel coming down from heaven. Right. Hasn't this angel already come down to earth? Or well, it doesn't say he went down to earth, but he came down from heaven. The, one, the one in 20 is, is um, uh, seizing Hasatan and throwing him in. No, I know. Mm -hmm. But my point is, it could be the same guy that had the keys to the bottomless pit before. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to say he didn't go back up to heaven. Yeah, true. Right? He could be standing there for, you know, for six, seven years with his key and his lock, but, you know, I doubt it. I'd go home for a All right, 13. We've got, we've got a sixth angel giving a blast on a trumpet and something happens. I can read that. Sure. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third mankind. The number of mounted troops was twice ten thousand times ten thousand. I heard their number. This and this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur, and the heads of the horses were like lion's heads, and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed, by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshipping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. That's some serious bad breath. Mm -hmm. 
the uh, uh, one of the interesting thing things I, I saw in this section, which was really kind of fascinating to me, is in verse 15. These, these are four angels who apparently had one purpose in life. They were prepared for the hour and the day and the month and year. They've been waiting forever for this moment. And they, they're acting on instructions that God has specifically created them for. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, an initial or, or cursory reading of that verse, uh, that they were bound, might lead one to believe that it was against their will. But that word does not have any connotation as to the will of the one who is bound. Um, this is the same word that's used for marriage. You're in the bonds mm. of matrimony. You're bound to your wife. Um, so if you if you kind of look at it in that context, you're right. They just, they're, um, we, we read in Daniel, until the one who is restrained is taken out of the way, mm -hmm. the restrainer is removed kind of thing, right? Um, it doesn't have anything to do with what he wants or desires or anything like that. That's, the words don't have those those meanings. Mm -hmm. It's just, this is my job. Now you're taking me out of the way. It was my job to restrain. You're taking me out of the way. Mm -hmm. These guys, I'm, I've just been held here. I can't do my job because I'm being held. So. Mm -hmm. Is the way that you're that you're looking of bound as being held captive or being held back? Well, if the point is, it doesn't have a connotation either way. So they're just being held. Right. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So when your brother messes with you and you feel like just hauling off and punching him in the nose, Aren't you being restrained? Are you being restrained by your father? Sure you are. You don't do it because you know your father would not approve, right? Oh, that way. I see it? Physical. Yes. Exactly. It has nothing necessarily to do with physical. You're restrained by your emotions. You're restrained by the Torah. You're restrained by your father. You're restrained by your knowledge of right and wrong. You're restrained by the fact that you know if you haul off and hit that kid in the nose, he's going to look bad for the rest of his life because you're massive and he's puny. <laughs> right? All these things restrain oh, you, but none of them are physical. Oh, okay. You, you, see. you see? Yes. It's like, I'm bound to my wife. Why don't I sleep with somebody else? Because I'm restrained from doing so. You get it? Actually, you could say you're restrained by love. Precisely. Yes. Mm -hmm. And oath, obligation. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Did you have a comment, Michael? Yeah. So <coughs> there's no limit on who they can kill in this one. The previous one was only the people who don't have the seal of God on their foreheads. On this one, it's just you can just talk through it if anybody. Where are you reading that, Michael? Verse it, in um, yeah. 15, killing kill mankind. There's no soul of God, not on your forehead or anything mentioned. Right. It, but it says uh, that they would kill a third of mankind. From all the mankind who are left on the earth at that point, a third would be killed. He's saying but, including those sealed by God. Well, it doesn't say that. A, a third make you have a whole, right? Which includes a third of mankind is a whole, right? Mm -hmm. And the whole population on the earth at the time is 99 point something percent. So it doesn't matter. Non believers. It doesn't matter how many believers or how many non believers. We know how many believers. Presumably there's only the 144,000. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't say they can kill anybody. It just says they do kill a third. 
Right? You're adding the concept that they can kill anybody, but it doesn't say that. It's just not adding who they killed. It's just saying that they killed. We just got a number. It's just getting a number. That's right. To your dad's point, we got this whole and you cannibal, it was a third. Could some of the 144,000 be in there? Sure. Were there? I don't know. Because yeah, currently the population is, say, currently 7 billion, cut that in half, 3.5 billion, now a third of the 3.5 billion. That's still a lot of people. Well, yeah. 200 currently, million. You've got a lot, of, a lot of people. still a lot of people left after that. you got a lot of people dying in a lot of these things. It's just extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So to Micah's point, a third of the mankind was killed by these three plagues. But it is interesting mm -hmm. that the rest of mankind presumably does not include the 144,000 because they don't need to repent. But these, the rest of mankind did not repent. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I just can't imagine the amount of carnage because that many people killed and whatever. We know at least this is a five-month period. Um, although, why five months? That's a weird number you don't yes. typically see. But even in, the, even in the Hebrew calendar. Right. Five, five is nothing. nothing I, that. I don't understand that. But anyway, I mean, just say 3.5 billion people already died at this point. Well, look, the amount of bodies and you know, bloating and... Look at the plague during the, you know, the Black Death that hit Europe. It, because of the dead bodies, it was, it was much, much more worse than it could have been because they couldn't deal with the bodies or they didn't know how to deal with the bodies. But it would desensitize people from even value of life at this point. And we see death all around you. Right? So whereas people were begging to be killed at the last woe, it's happening here. But those who didn't get killed are really portraying an attitude now, yeah. or <laughs> big-time attitude. Um, they are not going to repent. These, these folks are dug in, right? So then we move over to chapter 10. And we've got a little break from trumpets. So tell us what's going on here in chapter 10. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud, with a rainbow over his head. And his face was like the sun, and his legs were like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot in the sea, and his left foot on land, and called out with a loud voice, like a lion roaring. When he called out, seven thunders sounded. And when the th seven thunders sounded, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, and the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, that there will be no more delay. But that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God will be fulfilled, just as just as he announced to his prophets, to his servants the prophets. Then I heard a voice. No, then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me, saying, "Go, take the scroll that is in the hand of the angel who is standing in the on the sea and on the land." So I went to the angel, and told him to give me the little scroll, and he said to me, "Take it and eat it." It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. And I took this little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it. It was sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it into my stomach, it was made no. But when I had eaten it, my stomach was made better. And I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and many nations and language, languages and kings. Eat a book. It was a small a book. A book, a scroll, yeah. It was, you know, it was small, right? Yeah. Still. Not one. Yeah. I know they say fire is good for you. Yeah. I just, I think of the Sota, right? That's the only time that the name of God can be erased 
when the oh, priest writes right. it mm -hmm. on the paper and dissolves it in the water. Yeah. And they, they have to, yeah, mm -hmm. the dust. They have to drink it with the dust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Here is the seven thunders. I mean, John has been mandated at the start of all this. Everything you see in here, you must write down. Oh, except for this part, John. Don't write this, don't down, write this down. I know what I told you before, but hold on. This you don't write down. But it's interesting as you keep reading down, whatever they're uttering, it says the mysteries of God would be revealed right at the uttering of this. But don't write it down, don't say it until that time. Because whatever they have to say must be pretty substantial. Mm -hmm. And the question is, how much time will be allotted for this period in which these thunders are allotted? Is it going to be like similar to the seals that are broken and the trumpets that are sounded? Is this another seven thunders, each one of them being subsequently ushering in some kind of event that is revealing the mystery of God? We don't know. Mm -hmm. But it seems pretty significant here. And yet, we're not given anything more than they were at this point in time and don't write it. Don't write it. So this is, the, this is the prep for the last trumpet, mm -hmm. which folds us into, within that trumpet, the seven bowls. And uh, I, I'm I've always just brushed past this because I can't figure out the honey and the sweet and the sour and the, you know, one from column A, two from column B, and, you know. Um, but I missed where he was told to stop prophesying. Presumably, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. So did I did I miss where he was first told you? Was that at the very beginning? Is that the write down whatever you hear kind of thing? That seems to be different than prophesy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just making something out of it that's not there. Maybe well, this it, it's to you know foretell the future or to prophesy. It's not necessarily to write stuff down. It's to bring forth the word. We, yeah. So it could be because he was told momentarily to don't write it down. Now this was the initiative. Okay, from here on, now you continue. Okay. Mm. It's interesting that it doesn't use the same word. Do you back that up in Revelation 1, 3? Blessed is one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Mm -hmm. And in verse... In verse 10, right, I, w I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me, <laughs> and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. So, maybe so that's the, could be, maybe that's the, he is prophesying by writing down what will happen, right? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, cool deal. All right, so we come through this passage, and we, in, and we make our way to chapter 11. I can, I can take 11 next week if you want. Okay. Because we've, we've, we've gone through the trumpet. And I, and I think what you and I were saying last week was we really don't want to tell everybody, even if I were to add to the study guide, um, we don't want to say what we've said in the previous ones, where you should have added this to your timeline. You pointed out, um, is, is there anything in the seals and we, I don't know if we could say is there anything in the trumpets, but certainly in the seals, is, is there anything there that you haven't already seen? And, you know, is, 
part of your timeline already. Right. Um, I don't know that I can say that about the Trumps because I don't remember writing down any of my graphs in my timeline prior to this. Mm -hmm. I can imagine being a Walmart salesman. Yeah. <laughs> so, here seems to be some significant sequencing. Right. But in my abbreviated timeline, it would probably all come out. Bunch of people die. Bunch of people die. Bunch of people die. Yeah. Well, we mm -hmm. we know from what we've what we've seen so far in the in the in the seals that were broken, and now the trumpets that have sounded, everything continues to have a sequencing to it. You know, all the all the seals are numbered, so we know that that they have to happen sequentially in time. The trumpets are all numbered, and so again, they're happening sequentially in time. Out. Can they stagger? Um, by sequentially in time, um, I'm not intending to mean that things happening immediately one right after another, but simply sequentially. that they're happening in sequence. They're one, after. one after another. There may be some period of time between seal and seal, or trumpet or trumpet, or it could happen back to back. Um, well, in one case, you've already pointed out, we got a five-month deal where right, exactly. all hell is breaking yes. loose. Yes, right. So the, the fact that we've seen um, allusions to a lot of the things that we talked about early on in the seals, and now that we're, and, and everything we're seeing now is happening sequentially, we know where this ends up in the timeline from where we've seen the earlier occurrences from what we drew parallels in the seals. Um, and so we'll pick up next week with yeah. a couple of uh, another showing another interlude. So I'll probably end up with the interlude, and then you'll end up with seals. And <laughs> it's I, I, I'd like us to pause probably next week. Just maybe before or as we're going through that intro in 11, to just kind of review. If we're looking for sequence, well then, in, in, the, in the big timeline that we made, we're, we're all we're right. So, um, for those listening at home or happen to live in Gastonia, um, <laughs> if, if you don't believe that we're after the second coming of Messiah, then this is all happening before he comes. Maybe some of it's before he comes and maybe some of it's after he comes. It, it seemed pretty poignant um, that this multitude showed up at seven. Um, in chapter seven. In chapter seven, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it it might be, it might be wise to take some time and, and go back to the timeline again and just kind of say, all right, well, where are you putting these four seals? Are they on this side of this line, that side, or did you split them? And that, I, mm -hmm. I think it would be value in us, in us doing that. Otherwise, we're going to finish some of the most agonizing type of literature we've ever read. 22 chapters deep, and we're all going to go. Well, I'm, I'm brain dead. Where? What's your time look like? And I, I can't remember. Right. How did this start? Who's writing this? Mm -hmm. yeah. So let, let's do that. Let's let's plan on, on doing that. So when you come next week, um, bring a timeline. Write your write your timeline out. On where all this fits into the timeline. Well, the hold that thought until next week, and you get to start us off. I can't wait to hear you. There you go. Okay. <laughs> but the folks in Gastonia need to breathe. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Just a good plug for that book, The Fourth Reich, by Robert yeah. Van Camp. Yeah. If you need any uh, literary flushing out of several things we just read. He does a pretty good job of sticking close to Revelation, but then taking 
literary liberties of stringing together a story. Yeah. I just, the most vivid by far is, is the comparison of the locusts and the scorpions. Yeah. There's uh, that, he does a really good job of just trying to flesh out how terrifying that would be. Yeah. I, I would recommend if you're this deep in the, in this now, don't start the fourth Reich until we finish the study. Because I think there is value in in reading that book. I love it. I have several copies, and I think do we have one signed by Bobby himself? I think we might. I think you might. Yeah. yeah. So um, great, great book. But I think there's great value in reading it after you put together your own ideas of timeline and sequence, and then just kind of throw the book out there and see, okay, is he right or is he making it up? You know, is this just another Left Behind series and how do I drill with that now? You know, that kind of thing. So, but yeah, great, great one. And then there was, uh, wasn't there another one that was like that? The, Some uh, kind of a... His daughter wrote two. Yeah. The, what were those? That followed. Um, the Appearing. Appearing. And The Overcomer. I think The Appearing came first. And then she wrote a sequel called The Overcomer. And hers, hers were interesting because um, without getting into any plot details, the, um, the Fourth Reich is predominantly centered overseas with some allusions to what's happening in the U.S. The, the appearing and the overcomer are almost entirely focused on what's taking place here. Oh, really? Huh. Folded into the bigger same, picture. Yeah, the same theory as to the timing uh, and the events. Um, and some references or allusions to the Fourth Reich happenings and, okay. and whatnot. But they're, um, those are the ones that <laughs> you, you could ask Morgan if she remembers this. I, I read both of I read, I read the first one after it first came out and and I recommended it you know to your family and everything and Morgan read it and, and she sent me back a review of it and, and it was like Mr. Martin this book is so unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> she just trashed it <laughs> it would be great to back to that review oh I wish I still I wish I still had it I wish I still had it. Uh, but it was really. Ask her if she remembers. Doing okay. That. She, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going. I'm buying both books. That's all I care. So yeah. I'm going to try it. They're, uh, they're they're good. They're good reads. I, I thought they were good reads, despite what Morgan said. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, she's she's a literary critic. That's for sure. I know. I know. And she's good. She's good. She's had good insights with it too. Josiah, can you close us out tonight? Have you been practicing? Go ahead, bud. Avina Malkinian, thank you for this time together to study your word and the foretellings of your coming. I pray that we will all have time to study this this week and that we will be able to come back next week with more insight to share with each other. Mm. I pray all these things in the name of Amen. Thank you.